Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Um, basically, I just have a thought I want to leave with you. Um, but this has really nothing to do with what I want to say, but it's just something is or what I want to speak about, but it's just something I want to say. Probably, I don't know, it's been a long time ago, many years now, that I told um, Sister Rayleigh that I liken, or try to, I literally try to liken everything in my life to the Bible. But in the Old Testament, when the, the people, when they would have a king or the people would do evil, the Bible just says, and they did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. And there was a time when I literally told her, I feel like I can relate to the people of Israel. It's just like no longer, no older than I am. And of the time span that I've lived of growing up when I can acknowledge what life is about. And then to see how much life has changed. And then it's like, where is the land when I was 15? And then I start getting older and then everything seemingly starts to change. The values of people. The morals of people. And that's why I told her I just feel like that I can relate to what was going on. Because the Bible says that we quote this all the time. It rains on the just as well as the unjust. You know, everybody gets wet. So... Um, it's not that I'm trying to begin with a sour note, but what I want to say in saying that, I was sitting in my truck the last week or so, I'm sure you heard this, and I just go out there and I just happened to cut the radio on and I'm listening uh, to the news, or a portion of the news, and I said, man, I have got to go home and watch this, find it, wherever. But the part that I heard was the Prime Minister when he was quoting Zechariah. <laughs> I said, man, and he was saying to the United States and to all the delegates that was there, remember this day. Remember this day. This is not being political. This is about how will bless them that bless you. And he was saying they even liken our president to King Cyrus of what he did. And I'm just saying, they made my words. Then was the prime minister saying, we thank you for what you did moving your the embassy to Jerusalem and acknowledging that. And he was saying, and I went and watched it, and he kept saying, remember this day. It will not be forgotten. And I'm saying, look, so many presidents before have said, we're going to do this. I want to do this. It's my desire to do this. But it's never been done. And then all of a sudden, it's done. It's done in our lifetime. We see this. It is no coincidence that this has happened. And to hear somebody on a world stage 
quoting men that we have read so much about and bringing it to the forefront and saying, and probably, I don't know if our president is even a Christian. That's beside the point. He is saying, look what he did. God can use anybody. And he chose to use him at this time and bring this to pass. So I will bless them that bless you and bless Israel. And it was just, I was so humble when he said, and really you you would think a man from Israel would say, God bless Israel and God bless the United States. But I was so humble when he said, God bless the United States and God bless Israel. I said, that was truly humbling to me. For if I would have been a Jew, I don't know if I could have put the United States ahead of my home country. But to see what had taken place, I was just, I want to see this. I want to see it. I want to just (laughs) thank you God for this. And we got to see it. We got to be a part of this. And I thank Him for it. Now, I want to go... um, if you want to turn or follow on the screen, I'm going to be reading in First Peter. What I want to speak of is just my thought would be, just for a title, we'll just call it holiness. Um, it's something that never, ever, that could ever be spoken of. It's like every other characteristic of the Lord. It never could be spoken of enough. Because when you speak... Of holiness, you're speaking literally of God's essence. It's of who He is. And now, in which the world on this side of Calvary, of which we live, to me, holiness has got such a bad rap. It is just, it is just people that is is give it such a bad name because you have when they, uh, to me, this is my version. When they hear holiness, all they think. It's just the do's and the don'ts. And it's and it's not nothing do, it's all don'ts. And you gotta wear and, and just pardon me, you gotta wear your dress to the floor, your sleeves to the end of your fingers, and it's all of this. But holiness is the essence of what God is. It's coming in here and allowing God to wash us and to touch us. It's being home and right by yourself and opening up His Word and saying, God, I don't know what to do. And allowing God to show us what to do. And it's not having nobody else to go to. God said, call on me. Call and ask me for direction and I'll give you direction and guidance when you need it. It's just being the very essence, nature, character, ever what word you would want to put it, that's what God is. He is holy, pure and simple. And that's why we have to balance this. I believe the Apostolic Pentecostal Church, it is up to us to balance this because we have a church world that has preached grace to death. So we have to say... There is nothing wrong and there will never ever be nothing wrong with grace. We must accept grace. Grace was given to us. Grace is given to us because simply put, because we need it. Now, you must have grace to live. Nobody's perfect. Nobody never will be perfect as long as they live in human flesh. 
But God laid down the gauntlet when He said, Be ye holy, for I am holy. There ain't no way around that. You can talk about all the grace you want to. God laid it down when He said that. There is no option there. And to say we're on this side of Calvary, you can sin, you can do what you want, and grace will cover it. No, no, no. You need to read this Word and understand this Word and what He was saying. We're not trying, and that's another thing I think we have to balance. We're not trying to make this harder than it is. We're saying if you can get this revelation of who God is, then holiness will be one of the most precious things that you will ever put in your bosom. It is a closeness. It is a revelation of who God is. And that is, and that is, it, it, it truly is. The Bible, the Bible speaks of itself. Holy is mentioned more than six hundred times in the Bible. So it is really, it's in there. And and don't let, don't, don't let my words trip you up. God forgives our sins, but God will never, ever forgive sin. That is why we are not comfortable around sin. And if you don't understand my uh, analogy, you read the book of Revelation to understand what God thinks about sin. He's going to deal with sin. He's going to ball it up and cast it into the lake of fire. There will be no understanding. He forgives us and He forgives our sin as human beings. But the sin itself out there, God will never ever forgive it. He will deal with it at the time that's coming. And it's coming quick. He will never ever. That's why. That's why when something's going on and, and, and junk is going on at work or outside, we can't stand around it. The holiness that's inside of us makes us do not feel at ease. If I can stand around somebody talking trash, something's wrong with me. I'm not right. Because how can I be holy and partake of something that's wrong? I got to check my spirit. Literally, I got to check my spirit because I'm not right. Because God laid it down. He did. He did. And so, now, personal holiness with us, it is a gradual work. It's a process. It's, we are the most impatient people. I am the most impatient person in here. We want things. We want to read. We want to read how, you know what? Hey, man, they just laid hands on that dude and he popped up. You know, I'd like that. Lord, I'd like that. Okay. Takes a little devotion to get there. But when it comes to God's holiness, I'll always go back to Moses. When God helped me with this, when he told Moses, Here's the line. But Moses, you hadn't even noticed that I've hallowed the ground right where you're standing. We want to be so close and we hadn't even noticed that God has done made right where we're at. He's anointed right where we're at. So, He can do it. Now, there's many hindrances that we face in this life and there are going to be many that we are going to live through and face, but God has given us His grace and He's given us His holiness and He's given us strength to overcome it. Now, what I want to read, let's go to First Peter and took First Peter chapter one and let's read thirteen.
Now, I'm going to read actually 13 through 16, but let's start. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, let me stop there. If, if you would, go back to 13, please. Now, see that where it says, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. I told you I'm different. When you read, I'm different just like you. When you read, for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. You read of that. They all tell you, that's when God comes back again. I don't buy that. I don't buy that. I'm sorry. I'm not saying that's not correct. I'm, that's wrote from a different theology than we believe. At, for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of who God is. God said, when you know who I am, there's grace that will be brought to you that they're not going to get. I will give you a revelation that when you have it of me, I'll offer them grace. But I'll bring grace unto you that when situations hit you, they're not going to have the grace. Because he said, I'll bring grace brought unto you. Sure, they're saying this is going to... I'm not trying to cross theology with, with, with commentators. But I'm saying that's from a Trinitarian point of view. I, I am, you are, oneness apostolic people. We believe in the revelation of Jesus Christ. We are not trying to say we're leaving the Father out and we're leaving the Holy Ghost out. What they don't understand, that is part of the revelation. Jesus Christ is the Father and the Holy Ghost. That is why the Bible says that the grace is going to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. When we can take and realize just who we are dealing with. Who we're dealing with. We're dealing with the mighty God in Christ. He told us in Revelation that I am the Almighty God. That word revelation is the same word used in the first verse of Revelation. The revelation of Jesus Christ. It's this literally the same word. So that's what I believe. You don't have to buy it. That's my view. This is the grace God said I would bring unto you. My people. Them that are called by my name. That have this revelation. I will bring them the grace. That is why. That is why I think that verse is there. Because what God is fixing to require. He's fixing to lay down the gauntlet. It says, be ye holy for I am holy. So he starts out and says, when you know who I am, I'll bring you the grace to be holy. That's what I believe. Alright, 14. As obedient children, not fastening yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance. Now, in the first century when this was wrote, as obedient children, get this, the Jews, Jewish people, and even the Romans believed that children ought to obey their parents. It was literally the law. Your children didn't obey? It's okay. We'll just turn them into the law. It was, I'm not joking. It was literally the law. They had to obey you. So this is what this was wrote at. That's why, that's why we've always been told. Saints are always likened as children of God. So that's why he was saying here, as obedient children. 
God is looking to you as children. And He says, be obedient to this Word. So that's why He is saying, and that's why He says, gird up the loins. We've been told so many times what that means. Gather up. Be prepared. Be ready. Because He's uh, in hope to the end. Now, where that says hope to the end, that means perfectly. And that's only used one time in the Bible. Hope to the end. Be perfectly or complete in your, in, in your thinking for the grace that is to be brought. Now, let's read 15. The Bible says, But as He which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. That means lifestyle, living. That's not just your speech. That means in everything you do, in your conduct, be holy. 16, because it is written, I chiseled it out, I gave it to Moses. It's what that refers to. Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. Now, that is why that is why I believe that this was what God meant in 13 when it says that it's a grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ for what God was fixing to tell us. You must be holy. And to do that, you got to be holy in this body of flesh. And it's going to require grace. And he says the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. So when you have the revelation of who God is and know who God is and desire to know who God is, not just saying, well, I believe there's one God and that's it. No, when you search His Word and have a thirst, God said the things that trip you up, the things that are bugging you, the things that annoy you, God said, I would not, even before you asked, I would bring unto you the grace that you need. That's what I want. That's what I need. Because I have a thirst to know who God is. I want to know Him more. I want to know Him better. Because this is the benchmark by which we are going to be judged. There is no way around that. This is the defining mark that God has said. And it, the, the Bible wasn't wrote to no specific time period. It was wrote to humanity. So it is not just saying, well, this was only for the first century saints. It doesn't matter how far time goes. This word doesn't change. It's settled. It's true. It's not going to change. It was for humanity, period. So we can say, you know what? Things is changing. It's got so much more modern. Now we're just do this, do that, whatever. I don't know how, how, how much modern things are going to get. It does not matter. This, thank the Lord, is not going to change. That is why we can put our hand in it and grip it. And it's not going to change. This is what we have. Now, they took... It's holy. This is a benchmark. This is what we're going to be judged. And God said, Be ye holy. That's a lot. That is a lot. When literally God Himself, the holiness of God, and then He looks at us, and then the frailty, the sin that we deal with, the temptation each and every day, but the God that I know, I can't, I can't say, God, I can't make it. I can't do this. It's too hard. No matter how many times I've said, you know, wow, look what I've got to go through. God said, know me. Know me. Get me. Get the revelation of who I am. Now, I want you to turn with me if you wish, to Isaiah.
Turn to Isaiah or just read on the screen ever how you would wish. Isaiah 6. And let's read uh, 1 through 3. And I'll just read it and then I'll make a few comments about it. It said, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphim, each one had six wings, and twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Now, the Bible, really the first five chapters of Isaiah is about Uzziah. And when, you, when we get to chapter 6, the Holy Ghost anointed Isaiah to write this phrase, in the year that King Uzziah died. Now, this is right before the vision that he just gave us. So the way my mind works is I want to know why the Holy Ghost told him to put that in there. I mean, he just sees a vision in heaven and an angel that very, I want to say very few, nobody hardly has ever even seen in a vision. So, this we know, and, and this is, if you're interested in dates, I know you are because I am. <laughs> okay. Just seeing if he was awake. Uzziah died roughly, I'm going to call it, in 756 B.C. His father was actually murdered. And the Bible tells us that he was taken by the people at the age of 16 and made king. King of Judah at 16 years of age. And he served... 52 years as king. And for the most part of that, I would think that he did good. There's only one prophet that's associated with him, and that is the prophet Zechariah. And the Bible mentions that Zechariah guided him, and um, the Bible says that Zechariah was good with visions, of interpreting visions, and that he helped, he gave Uzziah counsel, as we would say, and he followed Zechariah, and the Lord blessed him, and gave him, and prospered him. Uzziah the king um, is when he was king of Judah. And the one thing that he never did, he never deserted uh, the worship of the one true God. He worshipped God, he, he kept Israel in the worship of the one true God. And But, I wish I could end there. Now we get... Now, I believe we get to why all of this is good. All of this was done just right. But now, follow on the screen or just back up just a little bit to Second Chronicles and we'll read a sad portion about the same man. This is in Second Chronicles chapter 26 in verse 16. The Bible says, speaking of Uzziah, when his heart was strong, when he was strong, excuse me, his heart was lifted up, the Bible says, to his destruction. 
For he transgressed against the Lord his God and went into the temple of the Lord to burn incense upon the altar of incense. And Azariah the priest went in after him with fourscore priests of the Lord that were valiant men. Now you don't think they took that serious? Here is the king of Judah. Now that's why I've said... I don't think we really fully understand the meaning where it says we, we are now kings and priests. Then it got you killed. I mean, literally. So here is the king of Judah. Goes in the temple to burn incense. And the priest sees him. And 80 priests follow him in. That the Bible says was valiant men. You're not going to do this in my house. So they go in. And they withstood Uzziah, the king, and said unto him, It appertaineth not unto thee, Uzziah, to burn incense unto the Lord, but to the priests, the sons of Aaron, that are consecrated to burn incense. Go out of the sanctuary, for thou hast trespassed. Neither shall it be for thine honor from the Lord. Then Uzziah was wroth, the Bible says, and had a censer in his hand to burn incense, and while he was wroth with the priest, the leprosy rose up even in his forehead before the priest in the house of the Lord from beside the uh, incense altar. And Azariah the chief priest and all the priests looked upon him, and behold, he was leprous in his forehead, and they thrust him out thence. Yea, himself hasted also to go out because the Lord had smitten him. Now, this is why I think that at the beginning of chapter 6 that God tells Isaiah it was in the year that King Uzziah died. This had just happened. God said, or the priest was basically telling him, you might be king of Judah, but you're not the king in here. So God said, my house is holy. I have smitten him. He will live the rest of his life as a leper. My house will be holy. I am holy and my house will be holy. So therefore take, Isaiah, I'm going to give you a vision that very few has ever seen. And this is what he's seen. He's seen the angels. He's seen they took. And But what got me is the Bible says that they took and... Um, Twain, they covered their face. And twain, they covered their feet. And what I get out of that, these was not regular angels, as we would say, in the hierarchy. These was, if they was not the highest in the order, they was right there at it because they covered the Lord God Himself. So I believe just at the awe and the reverence and the magnitude of standing in the presence of God, they literally covered their face and their feet. They wouldn't even allow their feet. In other words, they wouldn't even stand, as we would say, in the presence of God without covering their feet and their face of just the awe of being in the presence of a holy God. So God showed Isaiah this vision of what was happening. And He took and He said that He was holy and He took and took Him up and he shows him this, and I believe that is the purpose. Because he, I believe he is just 
literally, I believe he is just comforting Isaiah and said, I have taken the king, but the king that you need is still alive and well. I am holy. My house will remain holy. And this is the way it's going to be. Because he tells him, and the angels cried, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. And here they say, the whole earth is full of His glory. So he took, he wanted him to know, I believe he wanted him to know, that I am still on my throne. Your king has been taken, but I am still on the throne. I am a holy God. So now, I want you to go with me, if you will, to or just read on the screen. I'm going to Revelation uh, 4.8. Now, and I want to make a point. And the point I'm fixing to make is my belief. <laughs> Here again, you don't have to take it. This is mine. But so many people, and I'm speaking of the church world, they say, if you read Leviticus all in there, so much holiness is in there. You're speaking of of dietary laws, there's all kind of laws that's in there, laws of purity. And what they do, they say holiness was meant for the Old Testament. When God came, He brought us grace. So really, holiness was meant for that. We're under grace now. Okay? Let me share you my view of that. So in 4.8, I want to read... This, I believe, uh, is possibly the same creatures that Isaiah seen. In Revelation 4, 8, the Bible says, And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him, and they was full of eyes within. And they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. Now... There's only one attribute in the Bible, period, that God allowed to be repeated three times. And that's what I've read to you in Isaiah and in Revelation. It's only two times in the Bible. But God said He is holy. And He allowed it to be repeated in Isaiah and here in Revelation. One thing God is, is holy. That is for sure. And it's all through the Bible. He is now, in Revelation 4, make no mistake about it, we are in the throne room. This is John's vision. He is, he is viewing the throne. So that is without question. He is at the throne. He sees God on the throne. We believe that to be Jesus Christ because it's the Lord God Almighty. In the verse we just read, I mean, believe what you want. There only can be one God, Lord God Almighty. So we believe that to be the one that robed himself in flesh. So he took. Now, the Bible says, and this is why I believe what I believe. He tells him, he says, they rest not day and night. Now, that is a time phrase to us. And I I, I say it all the time, but we live in 24-hour cycles. So that's the way I look at it. They rest not day and night. So God is saying to me, they rest not 24 hours a day. These angels, they cease not telling 
I am holy. And the way I've read it, they don't just all together say holy, holy, holy. They It's split. One says holy and then holy, holy. It's, it's like split. They, they don't never repeat it at the same time. One starts and another starts. Holy, holy, holy. It's all. Go, it never. It never ceases to be said. If they was all saying it at the same time, there would be a pause in it. There's no pause in it. God never ceases from being holy. So the angels is repeating holy, and they're not speaking at the same time. Am I? Am I getting it? So God said they cease not day and night. So there's the 24-hour cycles as we would understand it. And then He says, Then, which was and is and is to come. They say, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. Now, when we want to say something, how do we... What would that be to us? Past, present, and future. Which was and is and is to come. And what is the phrase we just read? Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. They never stop. God has never ceased from being holy. And He never will. He, The angels never stop. He is holy, holy, holy all the time. Which was and is and is to come. Which was holy and is holy and is to come holy. That's why when the world says holiness doesn't matter, I don't know. That's not my theology. God is holy, and that's why. That's why I said that that the this is the dispensation of grace. God hadn't changed the rules. Man has changed the rules. God has given us the strength to live in whatever area of time that we live in, and to say that we can't live it would to be make God a liar. Because if we can't do that, or don't, I don't want that charge on me. You know, so God has given us. That's why I believe that it says the grace that is brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Let them fight us. We are so blessed to know who God is. So blessed. And holiness is not a weight that we carry. Holiness is such a privilege to know who God is. Because He's given us of His Spirit. And there's no way that we can be holy without the Spirit of God. Without the Holy Ghost living within us. And there's no way we can do it. But, the one thing that I just wanted to leave with you. He said it in Isaiah. Don't worry. Your king's been taken. But I'm still on the throne and I'm still holy. And in Revelation, I have never ceased. The church world says we're under grace and holiness don't count. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. God has never ceased. Whatever we need in ever which area that we need it in, it's I fully believe that when we struggle, when when life hits us, and we have areas that we really, I mean, we do have hard times in life. But when it comes, when, when life hits us and we hit our knees, God knows our heart. And when we fall and ask God and we say, and, and God knows that you're not just saying, you know, I'm just, you know, I just really like some help here. <laughs> 
God knows that you're really struggling. God knows. And I believe that's the time that that grace is to be brought unto us. And then that's why I believe, literally, the Bible talks about that God knows the things that we can't even utter. When our heart is bruised and wounded so bad that I can't even put it into words. And if God was to say, what do you need, Kenneth? (laughs) Sometimes I wish I could just say. But I believe really of knowing the revelation of who God is. That is my truly desire. Because I really and truly believe it's just like this. If that door was the revelation and you open the door, it's just the beginning. It's just the beginning of who our God is. There is so much to know and so much to learn because one thing God is, is holy. And when He looked at His creation and said, You be holy, for I'm holy, God will make a way. He will make a way for us to live. And holiness does one thing, one thing for us. It draws us closer to the heart of who God actually is. And I love Him and I thank Him for it. God bless you. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.